In this episode, I reveal four easy Amazon hacks every seller needs to know and use to drive their business to the next level. But before we get after it, I wanted to present a special offer for my sponsor, Fredos.com. Now you might be stuck working remotely, but as the world goes digital, it's time for every aspect of your business to catch up, even your international freight. Fredos.com propels business growth with smoother shipping solutions. Now on Fredos.com, you can compare, book, and manage your shipments all in one place. Fredos.com gives you the freedom to switch between logistics providers, pairing you with the best one for all of your shipments. No matter which provider you use, you get shipment tracking, documentation management, credit, and support in one place. Now as a special offer for my listeners, that's you guys, Fredos will take $100 off your first booking of over $1,000. That's right. Go to Fredos.com forward slash PL show and use coupon code FR8 podcast to try it for yourself. Okay, enough of that. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 157 of the Private Labeler Show. I'm your host, Nick Landowski, and I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. No matter where in the world you are tuning in from, I appreciate and I am grateful for each and every one of you guys. And I am super pumped about today's episode, and you should be as well. So it should be rather short and sweet for maximum impact today so that way you can get in and out and take some nuggets and uh, implement into your business. Now, before we get after it, I wanted to just quickly recap Amazon Prime Day. Now, if you are a member of our Facebook group, I did post an article about Amazon Prime Day in that group and I thought it was super cool and just wanted to touch base on it. So according to The Motley Fool, they reported that Amazon's sales were up a whopping, get this, 49%, and they did an estimated $10.6 billion during the Prime Day event. That is just crazy bonkers. Like, I didn't even think that was true. I actually had to go read it a couple of times, and my God, that is insane. So Amazon obviously had a uh, just a great, great Prime Day up huge over last year. And as I reported, if you guys have been following me as well and, and talking to a lot of you guys, uh, you know, our sales, my sales were up just massive as well. Three and a half X on the first day, three X on the second day, overall crushing last year's prime day numbers. So I'm super excited about that. And I know again, in talking to a lot of you guys, you were pretty amped as well. And I hope you made a lot of money. So let's just keep this momentum running strong through the rest of the year. Next up, we have Black Friday and Cyber Monday. And if you guys haven't seen Amazon's messaging to their customers yet, commercials and things like that, something I've been noticing over the past few weeks, uh, they are definitely pushing this shop early uh, messaging communication to all their customers, just as I suspected and I've been talking about for the past few weeks. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, again, what I thought just because of the pandemic and the stress that I think is going to be put on to logistics providers and UPS, FedEx, other shippers and things like that. So I thought that was kind of interesting and I don't know if you guys noticed that as well. All right, so let's get after it today. As I mentioned, I have a rather short and sweet episode here for you and I'm gonna reveal 
four simple Amazon hacks that every seller should be aware of and or using to help improve your business. Now, I do realize that if you guys have been around for a while, you probably have heard of some of these and used some of these tips or hacks, and that's okay. But I would venture to guess that at least 50 to 60% of you guys listening to this haven't heard any of these things that I'm about to say. And I call these hacks, you can call them tips, you can call them whatever. Hacks gets everybody excited. It's kind of clickbaity. I get it. Sue me. So these are things that, uh, again, I've, I've been aware of for many years just being in this in this racket in the community. And I wanted just to kind of put in a nice podcast episode for content so that you guys, again, can take one or take all these and implement in your business right after the podcast is over. So the whole thing is just to be actionable, guys. Take what I'm saying here, if you think that it's gonna be useful, and just immediately implement in your business, okay? These are pretty darn simple things to do. So let's, uh, let's dive into hack number one. Now, if you guys wanna rank or potentially index for a lot of extra keywords, more than you are currently ranking and indexing for, then listen up. So in your Seller Central account, in the back end, so like your dashboard for each product and things like that, so your product setup page, there are some extra fields that you can actually use to insert additional keywords into and hopefully get indexed for and rank for. And last I checked, that's awesome because keywords are the lifeblood of your listing. It's how you get found in search and things like that. So Again, this could help you drive additional traffic and sales. Now, oftentimes, when sellers are setting up their listings, they leave a lot of fields blank simply because they don't know what to put in some of these fields. And a lot of times, you know, if it's not required, then they just kind of, you know, just brush by it and they'll go, oh, I'll, I'll look at that later down the road or sometime, and they never actually come back to it. But they could be potentially leaving some opportunities on the table by not flushing out the back end of their listings appropriately. So the other day, somebody in the Facebook group asked a question. They said, hey, what should I put in the subject matter field? Under, I think that's underneath the keywords tab. And you can actually use the subject matter field to insert additional relevant keywords into. And a lot of times you'll get indexed and, and actually start ranking for on Amazon, which is good. So you want to make sure that you're using that subject matter field for additional keywords Again, keywords that you're not already using in your listing. So extra ones. Okay. So I believe you are allowed roughly up to 50 characters or so of space. So you're going to want to make sure you're using that one, but it doesn't stop there. So if you go underneath the more details tab, there's going to be a lot, a lot of fields underneath there for most sellers. Now, this is going to vary like whatever I have on my more details tab might be different than what you see underneath your more details tab. It depends upon the category and product fully for everything that you have available to you. But I venture to guess that most people really don't type anything or use any of those fields. And some of those fields underneath the more details tab will also allow you to rank and index for keywords, okay, which is awesome. So uh, specifically, at least from my end here, again, this might be different than what you guys have. Underneath the more de details tab, you can oftentimes use the, uh, the fabric type field, the material type, maybe the model number or catalog uh, number field. And you can use those to insert additional keywords into an index and rank for, okay? Which is pretty darn cool. So 
Here's a, here's a quick, easy thing that you can do. Get a list of keywords that you're not already using or indexing or ranking for. So you're going to want to fire up like Helium 10 as an example. They have a lot of amazing keyword tools that you guys can use. This is what I use. And get a list together of maybe 10 to 15 extra keywords, relevant keywords that you want to try to rank for. Again, it's really important that you understand that these new keywords are keywords that you're not already using, okay? You don't wanna use them twice. If, they're, if you're already using them in your listing, your title, things like that, you don't wanna do that. This, these are new ones. And what you're gonna do in some of these fields that I just mentioned, you're gonna just test and try to enter some of these new keywords in those fields like I mentioned, like fabric type, material type, maybe model number, catalog number, kinda of go down the line there underneath your more details tab, okay? And just simply enter in these keywords accordingly and just kind of space them out or whatever, just to test. And then you're gonna submit the listing, okay? And it's gonna take, I don't know, it usually takes about 10 to 15 minutes for some of those changes to take place. And then after about 10 to 15 minutes, what you're gonna to wanna to do is you're just going to want to check to see if you are now indexing or showing up for those brand new keywords that you entered in. And you could easily do that with the Helium 10 index checker. You could take that list of those 10 to 15 keywords or however many you were gonna to try to enter in and just check them with the index checker and see for all those new fields that you entered in, like are you actually showing up for them? And that way you can kind of test and kind of know. So if you don't have Helium 10's index checker, you can manually check that as well you can simply go to the amazon.com search bar, type in your ASIN, and then type in the, you know, a, a new keyword that you are trying to index and rank for, and then just hit enter, and it'll show you whether or not you're actually showing up in the search results for it. So you can do it manually. You don't necessarily need the Helium 10 index checker, but it's just a little bit easier. So I just wanted to throw that out there. There may be some additional fields in your more details tab that you can use to rank for extra keywords. Again, as I repeat it, or as I'll repeat again here, you don't want to use keywords that you've already used throughout your listing. So if you're already using keywords in your title, your bullets, description, the backend search term field or whatever, you don't want to repeat. These should be new, they should be different. Maybe some low hanging fruit keywords. Again, stuff that you couldn't originally fit in when you were setting up your listing, okay? So hopefully that makes sense. And again, as I've said, uh, my more details tab or whatever might look a little bit different than yours. You may have some extra stuff up there that I don't have, it all varies. And they do change us around a lot. And typically underneath like a more details tab, uh, you'll see a lot of stuff for like light bulbs and batteries. And a lot of that really doesn't apply to most sellers or a lot of us. But again, some of those cat or some of those fields on there you will actually index and rank for. And it's really important too, just a little side note, that you use or test relevant keywords. I've oftentimes found that if I type in irrelevant keywords, no matter what, Amazon just senses that you're not relevant for those and they won't even index you for them no matter what. Okay. So relevant is important. And if you're looking for extra keyword ideas, you can pull up whatever tool it is that you're using and scrape and find some additional keyword opportunities 
that you want to try to rank and index for. And even if they drive you a few extra clicks here and there every day, you know, so on and so forth, and that leads to a few extra sales, hey, this was worth it for you. So do that immediately after listening to this podcast. Check that out and uh, start playing around with it. So moving on now to hack number two. So this will save you a ton of time and frustration in finding a great supplier or factory that you can have help make the next product that you're going to be launching on Amazon. Maybe you're looking at selling a grill brush on Amazon. You've done the work and you, that's the product that you want to source and launch. And you guys know just as well as I do that if you just go right to Alibaba and you start to try to kind of sift and sort through the maybe hundreds of potential options as far as factories or suppliers that you know can make you your product, like that's, that's an overwhelming process. It's very frustrating. It's very time consuming. So why go through with that when you can just cut right to the chase and essentially kind of spy on or figure out the exact supplier or suppliers your top competition is currently using. Just cut right to the chase. There's a good chance that your top competition that you're going to be going up against has already done the due diligence. They've already put in the work. And if they keep using a specific supplier or factory for years and years and years, there's a really good chance that it's a good factory. It's a good supplier because they're getting a great price. Probably they're getting a great quality product, probably getting great service. So wouldn't it be just kind of the smart thing to do to you know, think about just using who they are already using. So people might be asking, well, how do I know what factory or supplier my competition is using? Well, maybe, you know, everybody doesn't know this, but anytime you import anything, let's say into the United States, and I believe it's by, by C, there's a public data record of all of those imports. And through the, uh, I guess the luxury of Google, you can usually very easily find out all of this information. It's all public data record, all the import data records. And on these records, it'll show you the exact factory that that product came from. So what you can do is you can go right to Google or just type this in your search, go right to usaimportdata.com or another site would be pangeva.com. And these are free to use but they do offer subscription services if you want more information or more search capability, but you don't necessarily need to do that. You can use these for free. Again, that's USA Import Data or Pangeva. And from there, they'll have a search bar typically, and you can just simply type in either maybe the brand name, the company name, the business name, or what have you of your competition. And a lot of times it will pull up these import records for free for you to look at, okay? So from there, again, you can find out the exact factory that those products came from, which is super cool and will save you a ton of time. So once you have that information, that factory information, you can then see if that factory is right on Alibaba or maybe, you know, maybe they're not on Alibaba, maybe you have to go direct through them or what have you. So you can cut right to the chase. So this would, again, save you a ton of time. So. All you really need is a lot of times either the brand name, company name, or business name, and you can get that right from Amazon. Uh, if you find, if you go on the Amazon detail page of your competitor and you click and drill down into it, it'll show you, you know, the, the company and all that information. And you can take that, like I says, and use that in a search on those free sites and voila, the majority of the time, yeah, you will be able to find exactly who 
they are using, which again, is going to save you a ton of time. Now, if you are a Jungle Scout person, you have been using Jungle Scout for years and years or whatever, then you're, you're probably saying, Nick, I already actually have all this available to me in the supplier database option in Jungle Scout, and that is correct. So I do use Jungle Scout. I do understand that not everybody listening to this podcast uses Jungle Scout. So if you have Jungle Scout, you already have this uh, capability built right into the software underneath the supplier database. And again, all you typically need is company name, brand name. I think even through Jungle Scout, you can do it by ASIN. You just pull up that supplier or that supplier database, and you can find that information very easily. And that will help you cut down on your time to find a great factory or supplier. And I've done a video on this before, kind of walking you through this. And maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. I will actually post the video for these steps for finding uh, a great supplier using import data records. I'll post the video in the show notes. Check it out if you want more information about it. Okay, so moving on to hack number three. Now, this is all about moving your existing product listings over to a new or different category with the hopes of potentially snagging that coveted orange bestseller badge. So if you have that orange bestseller badge, you know good things happen. You have massive social proof on Amazon. Your conversions will go up. Your sales will go up. It's kind of like entering God mode for that product. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. We all want that orange bestseller badge. Um, when you initially set your product listings up, let's say you launched a product like a year ago and in the setup, you just put it in what you thought was like the most relevant category. And, um, maybe you've worked that listing up to, I don't know, maybe you're like ranked 10th in that specific category. Maybe you have a BSR of 5,000, but the top player in that category, the top competitor, he's crushing it. Maybe he's got a BSR of like a thousand and you're thinking, there's no way I'm ever going to catch that guy. I'm ever going to get that bestsellers badge. I've just lived with it and I'm happy just kind of being 10th. So here's the deal. Over time, Amazon comes out with, and they change up these categories. They're not set in stone. So since then, they may have updated, changed, or come out with new categories that are a little bit more niche, where there's not so much competition in them, and some of these categories might be relevant to your product, and all it takes is you kind of just switching that product over to the different or new category, and maybe with that BSR of 5,000 that you have, you might grab that number one spot, just since there's such few competitors in that category, okay? So if you haven't checked lately, again, if you have an older listing or whatever, Amazon may have come out with new categories. They do this all the time. Okay. I've done this uh, a handful of times over the years where you just see that they come out with these somewhat relevant, but new categories that are not very competitive and you can get your product switched over and just dominate that new category. Okay. So that's something I highly recommend that you guys all check into. Again, if you have an older listing, you haven't followed up on this, you can look at categories just manually on Amazon, just by digging around. But the easier option is just to go right to keepa.com. If you go right to keepa.com, they do have a relatively updated category tree that you can access within a few clicks. And from there, you can find just some of these updated categories, like I said, that may not have been available when you initially set that product listing up. So once you find 
a few other new or potential categories to drop your product into, what you can do is you can just check on Amazon real quick to see, hey, this new category that they came out with, you know, maybe a few months ago, there's not a whole lot of competition in it. If I had a BSR of 5,000, I would be the number one ranked product and grab that bestsellers badge. So that's something that you can very easily do. Again, use Keepa or just manually search to find those updated category trees that are always changing, okay? So I would recommend that you find the actual browse node number and from there request inside of Seller Central to have your product switched over to this new category that you see, okay? And sometimes this is easier said than done. Sometimes when you manually submit it in Seller Central, it won't take. So you may have to get a hold of somebody at the catalog department at Amazon to have them switch your product over um, to this new category. So it may take a little bit of extra work, uh, a few extra emails or phone calls, talking to the right person to actually get the changes to take place or whatever. And it's really important that you understand things that the product or these categories need to be relevant to your product, okay? Uh, you may find some wildly unrelated category that there's no competition in that you could drop your product into, uh, but you don't wanna necessarily do that. You wanna stay somewhat relevant, okay? That's really important. Now, according to Amazon, if your product gets categorized in the complete wrong manner, you know, if it's completely irrelevant, it could have actually an impact on your overall traffic that your product receives and your pay-per-click and things of that sort. And I've heard that from a handful of Amazon reps and catalog uh, department members at Amazon. So don't just find these wild, weird, obscure categories that you can crush it in and just drop your product in there. I wouldn't recommend that. Make sure it's at least somewhat relevant, okay? So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, again, you probably have a handful of listings that you created quite some time ago that you're not checking this stuff on. And again, Amazon continuously updates and changes these categories. And a lot of times when they do that, they leave the gates wide open for somebody to come right in and uh, scoop up that number one spot with very little competition. So moving on to the last tip or hack. So number four here. Now, have you ever wondered if you're getting a good deal or you're paying a good price per unit for the products that you are currently sourcing or have been sourcing? I think you wonder that from time to time. Like, am I, am I really getting duped here? Am I paying way too much for this? So this last tip or hack is all about checking your pricing to validate whether or not you're paying way too much. Now, like a lot of us, like if you just go right to Alibaba and you get hooked up with like a rep and they kind of give you a list of pricing or whatever, very often, not always, but very often, you kind of get the, the clueless Westerner price, okay, that they're giving you if you're just dealing with Alibaba that way. Now, if you aren't aware, there is a website, a different version of Alibaba, if you will. It's called 1688, so 1688.com. Now, this, is, this site's been around and, and you know it's pretty well known in the community, but if you haven't used this or if you aren't aware of it, check it out. Go to 1688.com and you can actually use that site to kind of validate what you should be paying for the products that you are sourcing, at least to kind of get an idea. The only problem with, with 1688 is that it's kind of a pain to use because the site is in Chinese. So 1688 is the Chinese version of Alibaba, if you will. And you can use that site to oftentimes find much better pricing than if you were just using like Alibaba alone. So if you go to 1688, 
you'll see that it looks, you know, very similar to Alibaba. In fact, I think Alibaba runs the site as well, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. But uh, you can use Google Translate right from your Chrome extension or by right-clicking on your screen or what have you to translate the site over so that it's a little bit easier to navigate and understand, okay? So what you can do, just as like a quick tip or walkthrough here, is you can use that search bar to find products and or suppliers or factories just as you would on Alibaba, okay? Similar fashion. Uh, what I find that works best, let's say I wanna find suppliers for pricing uh, that sell grill brushes or that can make me grill brushes. I could use that search bar. I could type in the word grill brush. I might get some search term or search results back. Uh, but if you go right to Google Translate and get the translated version of grill brush in Chinese, you could drop the, the you know the, the symbols in there and search that way. But I think what works best for me is if I just use that camera option where I can upload an image of what I want to search for. So if I'm looking for grill brushes or whatever, I can find main images on Amazon of grill brushes, and that usually works best for me to um, get that search going. And then from there, just some tips. I usually recommend filtering by supplier, and then I wanna find legitimate suppliers. I wanna find actual suppliers with a lot of employees that have been around a long time, just as I would if I were kind of searching on Alibaba. So you know, maybe find suppliers that have at least 50 employees, Maybe they you know, have been around for at least five years or whatever it might be and play with the uh, radio buttons or the options accordingly so that it narrows down your selection and weeds out all the junk, okay, by clicking these buttons and for verified suppliers, stuff like that, just as you would do right on Alibaba, okay? And then from there, you can get kind of this narrowed down list of potential uh, suppliers or whatever that you can look at their pricing on there. It'll show you the pricing in, um, what is it, Chinese yuan. Um, and from there, you can just use that price guide that they might have on that site there and use Google to translate or to, excuse me, convert that currency into dollars or whatever. So you kind of can get an idea of you know what they are charging for those types of products, and you can compare that to what you're actually getting. Now you can also use 1688 to, uh, again, just source or find suppliers directly through there. Now, a lot of these suppliers, they might not be on Alibaba. They might not have an Alibaba presence or anything like that. They might only be on 1688. They might have their own website or whatever. So you can you know use it as another way to source and, and find suppliers overall, but I like to use it just to kind of verify and validate pricing, okay? And from there, you may find that you know, maybe you're getting charged $5 per unit from your current supplier, but you're seeing a lot of uh, similar options on 1688 where the pricing is way lower. So you may at one point want to kind of maybe bring that up to your rep and say, hey, you know, we, we might need to revisit or renegotiate uh, based on what I'm kind of seeing here or what have you. And maybe at a certain point you realize that you could be getting a much better deal by going with a different factor or supplier. And maybe again, you can find them right through 1688. And again, the only major issue is just just the, uh, the having to translate and things like that. So it does become kind of, kind of annoying after a while, but you can dig around just as you were on Alibaba. So check out 1688.com, verify your pricing that you've been getting. You can use that as a negotiation or what have you, or like I said, to potentially um, find suppliers and maybe you go directly through them 
uh, right through their own website or however they're making it available for you to communicate and contact with them. They might have you uh, contact them through WeChat. If you have that capability, they kind of have that built right in. So check that out. I think you guys will find that valuable. Me personally, uh, some of the products that I have, uh, I've, I've kind of validated over time and found that the pricing that I've been getting from some of the suppliers uh, was, was like pretty spot on to what you would find on 16, 1688. And sometimes that's what I've been paying is maybe a little bit higher than I should. So that's, again, uh, information I can use to negotiate or renegotiate with my current factories or reps that I've been working with. So moving on here, now rounding at third, about to wrap this podcast up, but I wanted just to quickly recap a little bit about what we talked about here. And again, everything I'm saying, guys, uh, you should be thinking about implementing into your business. Hopefully immediately after you listen to this podcast, you gain maximum value. So let's just quickly recap here. First thing we talked about was utilizing those extra keyword fields in your more details tab or in your subject matter fields. Uh, you can a lot of times index and rank for additional keywords, which is good, which could result in more traffic and more sales potentially. And you can use a fantastic tool like Helium 10 to help out with that process. Also moving on to number two, guys, recapping number two, we talked about spying on your competitor supplier. So you can easily find out a lot of times who your com competition is using for their factory or supplier by using the import data records that are publicly available. And if you have that Jungle Scout uh, software, it should be a lot easier for you just to use the supplier database. And then number three, we talked about getting that best sellers badge. So consider moving your existing products over to maybe some potentially new relevant categories that you can easily rank and maybe grab that number one bestsellers badge in, okay? So that's super cool. And uh, last thing we, we just talked about was 1688, the Chinese version of Alibaba, which a lot of times you will find better and lower pricing so that you can use for negotiations and comparison, okay? So uh, that about does it. I appreciate you guys, and it's all about taking action. I'm rooting for you guys to succeed. Let's go after it. Let's go make it happen. And let's keep pushing strong through this Q4. And let's just go make a bunch of money. Um, if you guys have any questions, just fire away in the Facebook group. If you're not yet a member of the Facebook group, just go to privatelabelershow.com forward slash FB. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the show on whatever platform you're on, please go ahead and do that. That would be greatly appreciated. And of course, if you have not yet left a review for the podcast, what are you doing with your life? I would prefer iTunes reviews. You can do that just by going into iTunes and finding the podcast and doing that manually. Or you can go to the direct link, which is privatelabelershow.com forward slash iTunes. So I look forward to all of your amazing reviews. I read each and every one of them. So that about does it, guys. Go out there and make it happen, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. This episode of The Private Labeler Show has ended. Please show your support for the podcast by subscribing for more business strategies and tactics to help you build your empire. Also, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.